0: How does a mature believer supposed to act? We started to talk about this last week. Some people, some groups, uh, even Christians say, well, it's all about love. Um, Yeah, it's all about love, how you act, except when the Bible says uh, it's not. (laughs) An awful lot about, in the Bible, an awful lot in the New Testament is about our behavior. An awful lot of the New Testament says live this way, do this, don't do this, act this way. A lot of the New Testament tells us to grow up. Hey, little babes grow up Uh, and I so I think it's important to cover these kind of issues because I think we all need help Uh, I do an awful lot of counseling I love doing that and um, I think sometimes if we just learned what the Bible said about how to act how to treat other people we'd relieve an awful lot of stress awful lot of frustration an awful lot of divorces in our life because we would just know what the Bible said and we could look at it so in Titus Paul told pastor uh pastor Titus there about how um how the pastor should behave in Titus chapter one and then he goes in chapter two talk about how church members should behave mature people should behave last week we talked about the aged men and all the ladies thought it was great tonight we move on to the next verse and it's talking about the aged ladies so i don't know what aged women are now we we have no old ladies in our church there are no old ladies in our church amen gentlemen shake your head amen right okay (laughs) so what's the what's an aged woman i don't know i'm back to the whole thing of well you're not a teenager. I don't know, 30s on up, putting it in context of when this was written. um, You know, it it wasn't 90-year-olds. Most people didn't live that long. So I'm just thinking it's a a, a woman. It's not a kid. It's a woman. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Follow me as I read verses, I'll start with verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men, this was last week, be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. Now it goes on to verse 3, the aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young woman to be sober, to love their husbands, to love the children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. So, like I said, we started to talk about, about uh, the aged men, and now we're talking about the, the, the aged women, the older women, not old ladies, but the older women. Uh, you have a responsibility. Let's look at it in verse 3. Ladies in the church, you have a responsibility. The aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors, becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good so responsibility women falls on you look at the beginning of that verse Uh, it says this likewise now think about what does it mean likewise well likewise is in the same train of thought it's like if jordan i said to you jordan can you get the vacuum cleaner and vacuum this rug likewise larry can you take care of that aisle over there you would all understand what i'm saying right i told him to vacuum and likewise you know larry do that so he's saying to the, the, the women in the church, just like I told the men, likewise, in, in the same train of thought, it's likewise. I, you'll understand what I'm talking about because it's likewise. You be in, in behavior that becomes holiness. So what is holiness? Well, holiness means to be set apart. It means to be sacred. Uh, it means to be spiritual leaders among women. Um, you, are, you are leading, okay? You are setting an example whether you want to or not. I believe the majority of the aged women uh, in our church are spiritual leaders. Uh, I believe they are leading. I'm convinced of this. Without women in this church, it wouldn't run very long. Like about nine seconds. That's about it. Um, The women in this church are so involved. Um, Whether it's the music ministry, it's with kids, it's with the nursery, it's with cleaning, it's with landscaping. It just keeps, with the food, it just keeps going. Um, It's just amazing. Uh, The the women, you know, just just keep it happening. And it just, I'm blown away. I'm always uh, impressed. The women in this church set the example. They set the tone. Um, Any of the women in this church, if if you're not involved and want to be involved and use your gifts for something, God's given you is gifted to do something, you need to be involved. You need to serve. An awful lot of women in this church do serve. Um, But he's saying here, in holiness. You're set apart. Uh, you, you should be that person that's set apart, that, that, that you help, that you lead. Okay, You're set apart to serve God. You're not just another one of, but you're, you're special. God's given me a gift. God's given me ability, and I'm doing it. Okay, I'm not like the world. I'm set apart. I'm different than the world. And look what he says next, not false accusers. What does it mean to not be a false accuser? It means not making up things, not, not talking about things that you know are not true. Uh, in other words, I think a term we like to use is the word gossip. Don't spread gossip in the church. If you're spreading gossip in the church, I have one word for you, stop. Well, two words, stop it. <laughs> don't, why would you do that? He's saying, listen, women, you, you need to be set apart for holiness and, and you don't talk about things that aren't true. You just don't do it. Um, I remember when we started the church, there was a family, uh, and no one here knows who it was. But when we, we moved up here, we bought a house, and there was a family that was all concerned. They were, they were all they're all in our business about the house we were buying. How can the pastor afford this house? You know, why is he buying in such a nice neighborhood? Why 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 did you get such a big house, Pastor? I'll tell you exactly why I got the big house. Because I wanted it. I don't, I'm not gonna I don't, I'm not gonna say, well, Jesus needs my house. Jesus doesn't need my house. Jesus has a cattle on a thousand hills. He lives in heaven. He doesn't need my house. It was a nice house, a good deal. I bought it. I mean, we flipped a couple of houses, we had rental property, we liquidated basically all of our assets to move up here. We keep an incredible credit score, praise God. I I bet you if you pulled my score right now, I'm probably 820. I, I'm just being and that's always the way it's been. I pay my bills. Well, praise God, okay? But I'm just saying, they, they gossip about church. How can the pastor afford this? How come, you know, how, ooh. And they were so, they had actually went to the house before I bought it, and they walked around the house, and they looked at it, and they had some other people visit, and they were looking at our house before we even bought it. <laughs> it's none of your business, <laughs> right? It's just, it's just a house. It's a mile from here. It's no big deal. It's, just, it's in Pewaukee. It's, not, it's nothing. But, but they were so worried about it. I always laughed. How could the pastor afford it? And I scratched my chin, and I thought, I haven't taken a salary from this church. I was only here at the church for eight months. We started the church, right? The church was only eight months old. I didn't get a salary here until I'd been working like three years. So, <laughs> What's it of your business? None of the money is going to pay me anyways. I'm, I've been working for free for three years, you know? <laughs> so what's it of your business? But so gossip and just stop it. and I mean, I'm just like, these people are not mature Christians. They're, they're, they're immature Christians. Just don't do that. Just It's had to gossip, you know? If you're a mature Christian, want to be a mature Christian, just stop it. Some people are saved for years, and they're just still immature on this. You know, the Bible also calls uh, these terms a tail bearer, a tail bearer, someone who bears a tail from one place to another and drops part of it along the way. That's my definition for a tail bearer. Uh, The Bible calls it revealers of secrets. Church, you know, there's some things that you just shouldn't say, even if you know they're true. It's just, it's not your business, okay? Um... If you know something, it's just not, not everyone's business, okay? You hear something, well, I know this couple's having a hard time. So what? Pray for them. It's not your business to share it, okay? A tail um, someone that's a revealer of secrets, just the Bible calls it a slanderer, whispers. Let me tell you this about whispering. Good news and kind words rarely need to be whispered. Can I get an amen to that? Good news and kind words rarely need to be whispered. If you find yourself just the odds are it's not good news, okay? If you have to whisper it so no one hears it, it's probably not worth talking about again, okay? It just don't be like that. He's saying, aged women, mature women, don't be that. Don't do that. In holiness, don't be someone like that. And then he goes on to say this, not giving them much wine. Um, now, uh, I've done a couple uh, audio messages on, on, on alcohol, and, and you know my position on that. You know how I believe the Bible views that. Um, but this phrase, this phrase, much wine, sometimes people use this. It's also in Timothy. It's in other parts of the Bible. They use the word much wine to, to justify moderation because he says don't have much wine as opposed to don't have a little bit of wine. Um, and th- the problem with that is you haven't read it. You haven't read it in context. You don't know what the word even means. Uh, so let's just spend a few minutes. This is not a long time talking about this. But, but does, the, does the Bible, does this passage give... Uh, an area for moderation in, in, in drinking and alcohol. Well, um, these passages, this phrase, like again used in the book of Timothy and other, other places, is two Greek words. The Greek words, me paranoid, okay? It literally translated means this, not beside, by, or at wine. Okay? So when it says, don't be given to much wine, Literally, if we translate those words, it means this. Not beside, by, or at wine. So you're, don't be given to much wine. You are not at in the presence of wine. You say whatever you want. You argue however you want. I don't know how you drink wine or any alcohol unless you're near it. I, I don't know how you, I mean, unless like, you know, you're into like Star Trek and you think it can be beamed into you or something. But you have to be near it to drink it. Amen, church? Sure, so, so when he says this, it literally is translated, not beside, not by, or at wine. That, that's what he's saying. So not, not given to that. The phrase is about enjoying abstinence, and perhaps even the act of, of, of separating oneself in the presence of people in places where the consumption of alcoholic beverages is occurring. So, so is it even talking uh, about moderation? Well, let's do a real quick comparison to other parts in Scripture where the the same attitude is used. How about um, Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes all the way in the Old Testament? Solomon says, do not be overly wicked. So does that mean that you could be wicked, but not too wicked? No no one's ever asked me about that verse. Oh, pastor, I get it. We could be wicked in moderation. Is that what it means, church? Church? Does it? Hello? Does it? No. We, we don't have a problem with that verse. Um, did he imply a person with God's approval can be modestly or moderately wicked? Peter also noted in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, um, uh, he noted that the pagans do not understand why Christians do not engage in the same, quote, same excess of riot. Okay, so if we're going to use the same thought process, does that mean that Peter thought that Riding in moderation was appropriate. No, I mean no, one, no one's ever questioned me on that verse. Well, I think yeah, I think if you ride in moderation, I think God's happy with that. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Not doing that. Of course not. We understand that. Uh, in other words, language can condemn an excessive indulgence or a great amount of an action, without implying that the action is permissible in a lesser amount or to a lesser degree. One cannot assume that what is unlawful in excess is lawful in smaller amounts. We can refer to a person's frequent involvement in in, in certain activities, let's say adultery, without intending to leave the impression that a more moderate participation in adultery in the action would be proper. Uh, Paul no more intended to suggest that leaders in the church use small amounts of alcohol are suited to their role than the Mosaic law would have permitted priests to do so. Uh, The commentary I was reading on this, Barnes said, the way in which the apostle mentions the subject here would lead us to fairly suppose that he did not mean to commend it in any use in any sense, all right? So any quick study of that, just don't be, don't be skewed by the English way it reads, okay? Well, oh yeah, it's much wine. Well, I can take a little. No, read it. You study it. You have a Bible. You have commentaries. Look up the Greek, Okay. Nowadays, we have the entire, you know, you could read a Greek New Testament online. It's not a a hidden secret. You read it, all right? You study those words and you understand. He says, aged women, don't be by, at, or near wine in any volume. Okay? That's what he's saying. That's literally what he's saying. I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. Um, Just so we all know, and I know you know this, I did not write the book of Titus, nor did Dayspring Baptist Church. It's inspired by God. Okay, if you have a problem with that verse, you need to pray about it and talk to God about it because that's what it said. If you can find it, in a I actually looked at it probably about 10 different translations. They're all the same. Interesting. These passages right here are almost identical even in translations I don't like. Why? Why? Because it's pretty hard to change these words, okay? It's, he says what he says, and he means what he says, and there's no skipping around it. There's not much wiggle room for the men or the women. It just, there's just not. I, well, I just don't know if I like it. I may not like it either, but I'm just telling you, this is what he's saying, you know? Um, and so he's very, very cautious about this. Back to the verse. Teachers of good things. Well, what does that mean? Well, by example... Uh, every one of us here in this room is a teacher. You're teaching something. The fact that you're here tonight is teaching something. Let me tell you this. Did you know this? Your neighbors know that you're at church tonight. No, they don't. Oh, yes, they do. Absolutely. Uh, I have a wonderful, I have a bunch of wonderful neighbors. I'm thankful for my neighbors. And I see him every Sunday morning. He's sitting by his front living room window, and look what he's doing. Preacher's running late today. <laughs> Where do they think I'm going? I'm the only guy in Pewaukee that's got a suit and a tie on, and I'm driving a plow truck. What do they think I'm doing? All right, (laughs) I'm going to go plow some lots, you know. know, Your neighbors know what's going on. Whether you want your neighbor to see it or not, you are teaching by example, okay? They know it. They know you're going to church. They they know you're crazy, right? Uh, What you comment on, how you act, when you complain, when you blame other people, your children, those around you, are picking it up. Are you pleasant how you dress? You are setting an example, whether you like it or not. Aged women, I'm telling you, Paul says, you be a teacher of good things. You're a teacher no matter what. You better make sure it's good things, okay? Your tone, your attitude, what you say, what you talk. Look at verse 4. That they may teach the young woman to be sober to love their husbands, to love their children. So sober, we discussed that last week. same word means to be sincere. Uh, You need to teach the young women there is a time to be sincere, a time not to be foolish. There's a time to be serious. There's a time to buckle down, to pay attention. When you were a kid, when you were a teenager, (laughs) I just spent a week (laughs) in Washington, D.C. with some really good teenagers. Wow. (laughs) They can be giddily, giggly, giggly. I don't know what you want to call it. They, They... yeah and it's like all right i'm going to bed (laughs) you know and they're just goofy and giggly and you know ah you know how they're teenagers right that's okay because they're teenagers i expect that right there's a time to grow up though i don't expect any of you to be like a teenager i just i don't age women you're not supposed to be like that it's time to be serious you're in church you're serious um Parents, let me say this, and and I'm going to say this, and I'll be very cautious. Well, I think we're okay tonight, because I think all the kids are gone, so it'll be fine. I'm not talking about anybody in this room. This has been in my notes for like three or four weeks, okay? So just, this is not about you. Um, You know what serious time is? Serious time is church time. Can I get an amen? Okay, is it serious to be in church? Is it serious to open the Bible? Aged women, teach the young women to be serious about times that are serious parents you take church seriously the time to take your kids to the bathroom is before church because church is serious okay and i'm not talking about anybody today i I get it i know new people come i get it but i'm talking to the aged women in our church okay think about that i understand kids have emergencies i get it don't don't oh you can't go to the bathroom because the pastor said i did not say that but you start to make a practice of in teaching, like, you know what? There's a time to go to the bathroom. Why? Because it's serious. We're going to church. It's serious. And you're going to bring your Bible, and you're going to open it up, and as you get older, you're going to learn to follow along. I get it. We're kids. We're going to color. Great. But it's serious. Aged women, read it. Teach the young women to take things seriously. Be grave about things. All right? And listen. We're a dynamo church. You guys are fabulous at that. I never have a problem with this at all. It doesn't phase me at all. Kids cry. It just, you know, it just doesn't because I'm so used to it now. Uh, I just keep going. I expect it from new people. I expect it from young couples. I expect it, but it's something we work on, right? It's something we grow towards. Okay, you know what? I'm going to start getting serious about this. And look what he says next: Love your husbands properly. Love them the correct way. The generation, this this whole society is so messed up on this concept. Um, ladies, let me say this. Uh, Loving your husbands properly doesn't always mean doing what your husband wants. Really? Yeah, if your husband's doing something dumb or something foolish, you don't go along with them, okay? Um, submitting to your husband doesn't mean, like, you're stupid and, and dumb and you don't think about it. And Yes, whatever. Some churches teach that, okay? That's not right. So submitting is having respect willingly. You know, I get it. I understand what my husband's doing. I understand where he's going. Um, you don't have to participate if your husband's doing something wrong, how about this, old women who are teaching the young women, you set the example for your husband lovingly, okay? You love them properly the way that you set the example. You be the one that's dressed and ready to go for church on Sunday morning. You be the one that's the first one in the car. Uh, I'm totally kidding. I am on the couch tonight. I'm on the couch tonight. I'm totally kidding. My wife is always good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing. Okay. Uh, Teach them to love their children. I am literally on the couch tonight. Uh, Teach them to love their children. Uh, I couldn't resist. It was just, I teed it up, had to hit it off. You may need older uh, and other people to help with this. Uh, Parents, teach your children um, to respect. Parents, don't listen to your neighbors or your friends or auntie or uncle or Dr. Phil on the TV, you teach them to love their children the way the Bible says. Okay? Use the Bible. Uh, there's tons of books on, on raising children. Uh, I've done tons of series. On, I feel like I've done tons of series. I feel like I need to do another one. Go online, listen to them. Um, aged women, teach the younger woman how to be the parent they need to be. That's your job. Don't be afraid to pull them off to the side and say, hey, I just, in love, I'm not nitpicky. I'm not, can I help you with something? When my child was that age, this is what I did, and it helped. All right. It doesn't mean you're in everyone's business. Don't take that wrong. Don't be the police about it. But aged women, help, help the younger women do this. Help them know how to take care of their children. How to, how to Parents, you wanna, you wanna love your children? Here's how you love your children. How about this? You teach your children to take care of themselves. That should be number one. You teach your children to take care of themselves. This is how you get dressed. This is how you make your bed. Goodness sakes, this is how you cut the grass. I'm done cutting the grass. It's your grass. You mow it. All right? You teach something. This is how you make toast. This is how you do dishes. This was a good one. I taught my boys how to do their own laundry. Oh, man. High high school boys. I don't know. Cole, I don't know. I love the kid. I love him. I love him. The kid wears like six outfits a day. It was just like Piles of laundry, you know, because every different event it was, you know, compression shorts and compression shirts and Under Armour for this five minutes. And I mean, it was just, and towels. It's just like the guy took a, a shower and it was like five towels. And it's like, what are you doing? You can use a towel more than once, right? Can you? Are you allowed to do that? I do. A couple weeks, I think, you know, man alive. Teach them how to do laundry. Parents, you teach your kids to take care of themselves, all right? It, it's embarrassing if your kids can't take care of themselves, right? And I'm not talking about someone with special needs. You know that. I'm not, okay, I'm talking about normal responsibilities that are age-appropriate, ability-appropriate. Um, they, they, you shouldn't baby them, okay? You make your bed, all right? It's your bed, you make it. Teach them how to treat others. Um, teach them they don't hit other people. Tell them they can't bite other people. I don't know. Tell them you can't yell at other people. It's just not proper. Tell them how to talk with the correct tone, Aged women teach the younger women how to love their kids correctly. Okay, parents, you want to teach your kids, you want to love your kids? Teach them how to grow up. Okay, teach them what you expect of them. Teach them how to have a good and godly life. Verse 5. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Look at the beginning. Teach them to be discreet. What does discreet mean? Discreet means to control or curb your desires or your impulses. Parents, teach your children proactively, not reactively, how to be with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Okay? You teach them proactively. This is how you are with your boyfriend. This is how you are with your girlfriend. These are areas you don't go. Don't do it reactively. Would you get your hands off that girl? Tell them beforehand. Okay? Tell them this is how you are. You're a young lady. This is how you act around a guy. You're you're a young man. This is how you act around a girl. Uh, teach your children um, to be discreet that that you expect them to do better you expect them uh, 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 um, to be discreet even about their relationships their friendships teach them to be discreet with their thoughts with their actions, with their speech how they think part of that is being honest not to be deceitful not trying to get away with something not to deceive parents, don't teach your kids to deceive authority don't do that don't ever do this don't tell Pastor Dan or Amy. Don't do that. What'd you just teach them to do? You just taught your kids to lie to the pastor. You did, not me, you did. Ready? If you teach your kids to lie to me, guess who the next person we're gonna lie to is? You. Oh yeah, oh baby, oh yeah. I, I, doesn't matter to me, I, I'm not your parent, you know. Lie to me all you want, I don't know you do that, they'll lie to you someday, and they'll burn you really bad. I pretty much guarantee you with the day they're going to burn you, the day they graduate from high school, and they're out of here. Why? Because you taught them to not respect authority in the church. They're not going to respect you. You're a hypocrite with a capital H. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you have to hide it from the pastor, don't do it. You're, you're foolish. Don't. Who am I? I'm not God. Last time I checked, we're all dwelt with what? The holy, okay, click, click, click. Who's watching that show with you? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, literally is watching that movie with you. Don't let the pastor know. You know what the kids ought to say? Who cares about the pastor? Jesus is watching. That's what they ought to say, okay? Don't do that, parents. You're you're shooting yourself in the foot, all right? And your children will be the ones that will punish you for that the rest of their life. That's what will happen. Um, and then, what's the next thing? Say, teach them to be chase. Boy, chase. There is that a word? I mean, when's the last time you heard the word chase? I mean, when's the last time you used it? Not talking about um, uh, Rachel's son, <laughs> but uh, it means this. It means pure from immodesty or immorality. Teach them to be modest. Teach them to have morality. You need to be moral. You need to be modest. You teach them. Social media does not teach your children about modesty or morality. All right? You get it? Do not let Hollywood teach your kids about modesty or morality. Uh, Do not let um, Kohl's catalog or the Gap catalog or American Eagle or Amber Cambria Fitch or whoever else, don't let them teach your children about what modesty is. Definition of modesty is it covers and it doesn't cling. But we're at the pool. I understand. Okay? You know, we're working out. We're riding our bike. I get all that. Right. But I'm talking about when they're coming to church, when they're going to school, when they're hanging out in the mall, when they're hanging out with their friends. Who who told your children they have to have the pair of gym shoes? Who who told them that? Someone told them that. Who told them they had to dress like that? Well, I just like to dress like this, and this is the clothes I like. Who told them that? I mean, I'm being totally honest. Parents, who told them? I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them. Did did the Bible tell them? I I don't know. I'm just asking who told them? You have to figure out who told them. Um, and you teach them proactively, this is how we dress. Okay? If you, if you instill it here, it's not going to be a problem here. Just, I'm just saying, it's just common sense. You, you tell them. Aged women teach the young women, they teach their children morality. Uh, this is how they dress, you know, this is the clothing that they wear. Parents are going say this about clothing, you don't have to be a trendsetter, you don't have to, to have a sign, your kids don't have to have a sign that says, look at me. A lot of clothes emphasize, look at me. All right, I'll get in trouble, I'll say it. But yoga pants say, look at me. At my rear end. That's what it says. I'm just telling you, all right? You do what you want to do with it, you teach your children how to dress. The world's doing a wonderful job Of making people look at them. Be careful, parents. Be careful. Be really careful nowadays, okay? Um, Just be cautious about that whole thing. It's just, it's foolishness. Teach them to be, uh, uh, teach them to be keepers at home. Keepers at home, what does that mean? It means to be homemakers. It means uh, um, that we take care of things at home. The Bible doesn't say that women can never work. It doesn't say that. Uh, The Bible actually says Proverbs 31 Uh, talks about uh, the woman that had a job she had employees she had staff she worked a job but her husband and her children still called her blessed why she still was a homemaker she still did it you don't have to work an outside job you don't have to not work an outside job everyone's different okay everyone's different but the the woman the job of the women is he says listen you make sure that they know how to take care of a home whatever that means her family will be blessed by her um and, and I just think that's something we just have to, I think, I think there's a problem in society nowadays because I don't know if anyone even takes care of the home anymore. Um, I, you know, one of the things I appreciate with my mom is we always had dinner together, which is a very strange thing. Um, I don't know, 6 o'clock every night, she always made dinner. I, I don't know how she pulled that off, but we always sat down to dinner together, which was a hard thing. She's basically a single mom with five kids. Her uh, husband was a drunk. Somehow she did it. That was just, she was a homemaker, but she, she worked full time. Um, she volunteered, she never got paid, she worked full-time as a job as a Christian school teacher, never got paid, but worked full-time. I don't have any idea how she did it, I, no idea, except that, you know, you kind of look back at it now, uh, all of her kids are pretty much either in full-time ministry, or married to someone in full-time ministry, or they're involved heavily in their church and a full-time youth group leaders or something, right? So how do you get five kids going to church? I, I have no idea. It's, uh, to me, it's amazing. Look at the next one. Teach them to be good. The word good is general, it's generic, it's just, good means good it's useful it's pleasant it's happy it's agreeable it's beneficial it's good natured um if i said this phrase i got to be done here if i said this phrase hang in here with me um that person's a a good young woman would you know what i'm talking about would you shake your head if you would understand if i said if i said that that girl there that's a good young woman would you understand what i'm talking about I don't know if I have to explain it. You, just, you know what a good young woman is? You know what a good person is? They're just good. Uh, they're pleasant. They're happy. Teach your children to be pleasant. Teach them to be good. Teach them to be agreeable and nice and to have a conversation. Obedient to their own husbands. Notice it says the word own. Uh, uh, you're voluntarily loving, submitting, respecting to the direction of your husband. Um, Well, I just don't like the direction my husband's going. Well, I don't know. Why did you marry him? (laughs) I don't know what to say, you know. Um, It's really easy to listen to all the other men, but not your own husband, okay? It's a tough thing. Um, Listen to your boss, listen to your neighbor, listen to your uncle, but nowadays we don't ever listen to our own husband. But that's what it says. Uh, Then look at the end, and this is what he kind of wraps it up with. Why would you behave like this? Aged women, teaching young women, why would you behave like this? Really, why? What's it say? Look at it. That the word of God be not blasphemed. So in other words, this is between you and God. It's not between you and your husband. It's not between you and your neighbor. It's not between you and the preacher. It's between you and God. You do it. Why? So God looks good. That's why you do it. You don't do it because you have to. You don't do it because the preacher's making you do it. You don't do it because, because the deacons are making you do it. You don't do it just because you're forced to. You're doing it because you want God to look good through you. That's why. That the name of God is not blasphemed in your life. Aged women, you're teaching the young women. So God looks good. That's why you're doing these things. You want your neighbors, you want your coworkers, you want the other people in the church to look at you and say, wow, God's doing something in their life. I can see it in them and their husband and their kids and the other young women. God's doing good in their life. God looks good on that person. Okay, that, That's why he says do that. That's why you do it. So God looks good in your life for no other reason but that just God looks good. Who, raise your hand here if you want God to look good through you. Anybody want to disgrace God with their life, man? I hope I can just disgrace God. Anybody want to disgrace God? No, I want God to look good in my life. Okay, people look at me and say God's doing a work in that guy. That's what I want to see. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.